Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode of Cafe Confessions. I am one half of your show, Bree, and I am here today with Shalika, the other half of your show. And you know what? We are having technical difficulties. Technical. We're getting Ooh. it together. Man. Yes. Yeah. What you drinking? A bang? No, I'm so I guess we'll get into drinks right quick. I'm actually oh, my drinking. Bad. <laughs> <It's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking a sparkling water, Trader Joe's. It is a cran- yes, you know I love Trader Joe's cranberry clementine sparkling water. Oh, nice! Uh, yes, your girl has been busy, busy, busy. I have not had no time to make any drinks, so y'all getting this canned ass shit. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? I think she hurt herself. <laughs> I fucking hit my knee. Golly. Anyways, that sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. Does it have a little sweetness to it? Because I want to get into sparkling water so bad, but I just feel like they're just very wa- white claw like. Mm-hmm. Uh, very white claw. There's no very... sweetness, no sugar, no nothing. <laughs> um, I remember seeing a post and someone was like, White claw is like, <laughs> drinking a white claw is like watching a TV with the static and all you can see is static and someone in the other room screaming like the flavor (laughs) no it's actually that's very accurate but i feel like once you train yourself to like drink um flavored water and white claws you'll be like okay this is definitely a a great soda replacement like oh yeah Mm. it takes some time i haven't had soda in what seven eight years now damn so for me this is like treat okay (laughs) this is my little my little soda that's not a soda have you tried those ollie pops i haven't but um i want to because i don't know are they uh Mm. sparkling water are they like kombucha because i know that they're good for gut health is what people have been saying it does it has like prebiotics and probiotics and i don't know if it's com- if it's kombucha or not, but I did try the lemon lime one, and it definitely has an aftertaste. Like you know, it's not like real sugar, maybe or I don't know. But uh, that the lemon lime one was safe, um, and then I tried a cherry cola one, which was disgusting to me. Ooh, but I felt like maybe a regular cola would have been a lot better. It wasn't good, and I like cherry cola. Like you know, I like a little grenadine and my coke you know but um it was not giving that it was just i don't know what the hell it was giving but i was like i'm giving this away so it wasn't that great not giving it away yeah yeah i'm drinking some green tea from panera you know they got the best green tea in my opinion uh, as far as like a restaurant whatever this is delicious i can have a big ass just big old cup of this I miss Panera so much. I haven't had Panera in forever. Are you are you uh, on strike? What's going on? Why no, can't you go it's just scarce out here. Um, oh. We have one Panera, and every time we're by it, I'm just like, oh yeah, there's a Panera there. I forgot. Like, <laughs> so I never like think of it as like existing because it's so just like. Oh, we don't have a Panera. And then I see it and I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm write that down. And I never do. So I got to get the hell up in from me. I miss it. I used to eat Panera all the time. Such good food. Okay. Sorry about that, y'all. Technical difficulties. But mm-hmm. we are back. Shay, what have you been up to? 
Um, honestly, these last couple of weeks, I was like, I got to stay home because I have this really big presentation coming up and I wanted to do well. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been up to just stressing and planning and staying on my laptop late, getting up extra early. And, um, now I'm just ready. I need, I need me a good little shot, a little, little some, some, and, um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's all I've been up to just, going up and down with this damn job. But um, I will say that I will give myself some credit that mm-hmm. it went well and we're going to leave it there. Yeah. Good for you. I love that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. You are working very hard and you deserve to decompress, de-stress, relax, soak in all of your hard work mm-hmm. and put your feet up. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yes, that's what I've been doing. And I'm finally getting back into gym. Girl, I ain't really been all of July. So I had my first day back. So that was nice, even though I barely worked out. But um, yeah, I'm planning on getting back into it. Good for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. that. Thank mm. you. Yeah. What about you, girl? Girl, I'm in the shit. I'm in the eye of a shit storm. Okay, um, not the eye of a shit storm. Um, that's exactly <laughs> where I am, and it's like a very much did it to myself shit storm. I'm in the middle of redecorating my entire apartment, and I have to have it done in two weeks. So it is just nonstop obsessive compulsive studying interior designs and looking on offer up and going to Ikea 50 fucking times a week and buying and returning and sampling and Mm -hmm. moving things around and painting and it's just getting the mood lighting together because I'm trying to um, work out of this apartment as well as hold ceremony space here and since we decided to stay here another year I was like all right no more fucking around. We got to get this place together. <laughs> I'm so serious. I am a very much like I get inspired for like a month and then I am just a consumer of other people's creativity for like six to seven months. Like I mm-hmm. am not a creator all day, every day. So when okay. I create, it's like we're going to do it until it's complete. And that's all okay. I'm doing. <laughs> And you only give yourself two weeks to get this shit done. I have to because our next ceremony is in two weeks. So August 5th, we're hosting. And um, it's what was that? I said nice. Yeah. So it's a big one. It's huge. It's it's some very important VIP people coming through. Mm. And I'm just like, Mm. okay, this is a networking event now. This is not just like, oh, come over. Let me hold space for you. This is like. I want to show up at my very freaking best because this is a gateway opportunity. You know, when they say, uh, be ready, stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Exactly. Yes. Boom. So I know I got to do my little Oracle reading business about it here. So I already got to get ready for that. So I might mm-hmm. as well get ready now. And yeah, I mean, it's a perfect time. You, you know that you want to spruce up your place a little bit, which is so crazy. Like if y'all have ever seen Bree's house, like, the way that she's talking about it is like, it's crazy in here. It's disastrous. I have to, I like, if you went into her house, you'd be like, what do you have to change? It's amazing. Like, it feels great. I was telling her, I was like, I go in there and it just, this sense of like 
cleanliness and I feel like there's just extra oxygen from all of like the plants, the living, the living and thriving plants up in there. And then here you are like two weeks, we got to get this shit together. Like what? These people coming in there wouldn't even know you're do- you're putting a lot of stress on you. Fidel, I am so sorry. Now I see what you mean. Two weeks. Lord, she yes. said home improvement is happening now. <laughs> you want to know a D- DIY queen? It's this girl right here. She's sure. insane. <laughs> I am a DIY. I'm a DIY thrift and offer up queen. I gave myself and some people might be like, gas, that's so expensive. But I gave myself a budget of $500. And for the amount of work that we're doing, that's a real tight, slim budget. Girl, $500 is not expensive. Exactly what you're saying. Like for what you're doing, I feel like that is a budget. Like you are making some shit work because like one item could be anywhere like close to like $300 and you said $500 yes. to like revamp the place. Revamp it. Yeah. You so watch, when you come way. over here, remember this episode, I'm be like, could you tell that this was all 500 because it's going to be completely transformed. I'm up Listen. in... It, wait, let me say this. It is not about how you spend it or how much you have. It's about how you spend it, right? Exactly. It is about, for example, I was up in Ikea and you know when they wrap up your glasses in like paper so they don't crack? Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was like, oh, well, take as many papers as you need. And I said, well, you know, in my mind, I actually have a 16 by 24 frame that I need to fill up with a piece of artwork. <laughs> I'm going to take these whole stacks and go home and paint some shit on them and throw them on the walls. And I guarantee you ain't nobody going to know it's free paper from Ikea because the Rift Queen. <laughs> See, and I had asked you this two years ago to come up in here and redo my place. And I'm still waiting. Okay. So I'm still waiting for this. If you got to put it in your, I don't even know, like a uh, task rabbit. Bree can become a task rabbit right now. And that's what I want to pay you to do is come over here and do this house because I'm stressed. I would love for you to. So let's go. (laughs) Oh, seriously, let's get get together. Let's get together and do this because I'm tired. And I feel like I said, no, I was just going to say, like, like I said, when I go into your place, I just feel like there's so much space, you know, and it's like, it's still a studio apartment, but it's like, you don't feel like claustrophobic up in there, you know? So (laughs) everyone's always like, your studio is like maximized in space. How did you... You know, and it's, it is really about if you're into interior design or you're trying to like, okay, have you ever walked into your place and you're just like, I'm tired of looking at this joint, like cluttered, (laughs) overwhelmed, shit is feeling stuffy. I'm popping my toe on stuff. Right. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I want to just get out of here and scream. What you need to do is you need to narrow down what your needs are. Like, what does your space need to do? So maybe some of us work from home. Some of us like to work out. Some of us like to paint. Some of us just care about listening to music and watching movies and like media. You got to figure out like, what is your home about for you? And then we go ahead and break it down from there. So if maybe entertainment is the most important thing, right? Then do we really need a Peloton in a a kitchen? Mm -hmm. I don't know if we need a Peloton in a kitchen. If you got a gym membership, you know, so it is about making some sacrifices in small spaces, but having what you absolutely must have. Let me just say this too, because this was this one little piece of advice that you gave me and it has stuck with me. Mm. Like I think about this all the time. You basically said, 
you have to design your home for you, like the people that live in it and not about the people that may potentially come and visit you. Because there were so many times I was like, well, I don't want to get rid of like this chair or, you know, this couch because I have, I'm always entertaining. I'm always having people over here. And it's like, okay, but at the end of the day, you got to live there. Right. So people will adjust. And girl, when I tell you, I've, I've, I made one small change and that was just adding a, a well, me and Jalil really adding um, like a shoe holder right before, like right in front of my door. So people yes. don't have to like put their shoes all up and everywhere. They could just hang them right there, you know? So, yeah. No, that is, honestly, I'm so glad you remember that advice because it's true. A lot of people get caught up in like paying rent for other people. Like, uh uh-uh. We pay rent for ourselves and we can have functional furniture. Me personally, I don't give a fuck. I know I got a very low Japanese-inspired couch. If your knees ain't working, that is not my problem. That's where we sit. So you either going to have to scrouch down like we do, crisscross applesauce, or I'm going to pull out one of these little four pillows and you go crouch up on that. But I don't have seating up in here. So you either stand or what? What are you going to do? Yeah. What you going to do? Walk around a little bit, kneel, (laughs) get your little pillow and sit, sit on it. It's nothing. Make it work. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, but thank you for um, listening to my my redecor drama. So you're so on. welcome. Today's segment, I don't know if this is new or if we've done this before, but it's called Hot Takes. And we are just giving our unsolicited opinions on shit that people love. Uh, you know, y'all may hate us for these opinions, but that's the point. It's a hot take. What is your hot <laughs> take for this week? <laughs> so I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I read this and I was like, Oh, T over T. <laughs> I read hot takes and I still thought T over T. So I actually have to think about that. Where are some things that people love that I'm just like, mm, I'm not sh- come back to me. Let me think okay. about this. Let me go first. Back to me. Yeah. Okay. My hot take, this is for the Kia drivers. I know it Ooh, is an abundance right. of Kia drivers. Okay. They are probably one of the top cars in the US of A. Them shits is trash. Um, <laughs> they Why? are trash okay is it because thought, people are stealing them that too that's that is just in addition onto the trash that's like the last cup that's flowing over out of the trash can because <laughs> the cup is full with trash already um i sold my car about a month ago i had a little chevy cruise 2016 and miss ma'am got me through moving I have moved some shit in that car. Things that people would be like, there's no way. There is. I have made a way to move shelving, beds. And this is a little compact four-door vehicle. Nothing crazy, little commuter. I am now stuck driving my fiance's Kia Forte on the days that I need a car. I can't put a motherfucking thing. It is a waste. I might as well have a smart vehicle. There is no reason for a four-door car not to be able to hold anything. Barely holds groceries. Why am I hauling all this ass and I cannot haul around my necessities? Why am I driving a four-door vehicle with two-door features? (laughs) I'm so serious. I need to know. I think the only one that has some luggage in the back is the Kia, you know, the little cube ones. 
whatever they're called. But I, yeah, I, I can't remember. But them cars are so fucking ugly. Oh my gosh, it's I don't even know what it's called, but I can I can picture it. It literally you're just driving around in this damn square. Yeah, so I have to freaking drive a a wide back Volkswagen big body van wannabe ass car in order to lug a couple groceries. That don't make no sense. I have a bone to pick with Kia. Like, come on, have some features. Let the seats drop. You know, I'm scratching his tin off the windows by putting a couple plants in the back seat and shit. What's happening, Kia? <laughs> anyway, that's my hot take of the week. <laughs> All the Kia drivers are just going to leave and be like, well, fuck her too then. <laughs> I will not be getting a fucking Kia. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Anyway, I am done bitching and moaning about it. Thank you actually found this article about a whole bunch of unpopular opinions and i agree with some of them oh you wouldn't like this one this one says quentin tarantino is a hideous person i agree with that though i love quentin tarantino but that motherfucker is crazy (laughs) i wouldn't trust him with my eyes closed in the middle of the night i'm gonna be real with you but will i pay every movie that comes i sure be the first person in the seat but hell yeah he's giving creeps for sure oh yeah absolutely um Anyways, I honestly don't understand people who can eat like sweets for breakfast. Maybe I'm just like a hater of like sweets and stuff. Mm-hmm, but I like feel donuts. like th- I don't fucking like donuts. That that is a rant in itself. I don't like donuts. What did it, it you know what it is? It's that fucking frosting. Like once it solidifies and it's like all like flaky and shit, it's nasty. It's kind of it's up there with honey buns and I fucking hate honey buns. I hate honey buns. I don't care. It feels like there's like this film that mm-hmm. it leaves on. Not you. Mm, not you saying. Mm. <laughs> she like, yeah, talk to me. No, it leaves this like oily taste in your mouth after you eat. You like that? You're fucking, you're nasty. Yeah, I do. I get when it like runs on my chin a little bit after you put it in the microwave and you're like, your fingers. I feel like after a certain age, you need to let that go. Like <laughs> that. <laughs> like at a certain age, you have to be like, my taste buds have adjusted. This shit is actually quite gross. Like sometimes I look at Jalil and the he's a big sweetie. Like he loves sweets, and there are certain sweets that he'll eat, and I'm just like, you're childish as hell like how do you still like this you didn't outgrow this shit like it just does not taste the same it's gross but i mean i guess i never really liked honey buns mm-hmm. i'm just not a fan of whatever that brand is that makes all them like zebra cakes and the moon pies i never liked them ding dongs twinkies i yeah. i'm just not a i'm just not I, I don't understand it. I'm it's, definitely it's, it's a very savory niche. girl. It's a very like chemical, but like you kind of like it chemical. Like I don't do the ding dongs and little debbies and whatever they the little moon cakes and um yeah the ones the little brownies with the little sprinkles. Ugh, you know. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I think that that belongs to like a specific group of people who like grew up poor. And I was gonna say, yeah, you gonna, you gonna get them low budget snacks, and then they they got a lot of sugar in them. And they was trying to kill us off. They, they was, was really to trying to kill. <laughs> and now it's like in our DNA because, bro, I, I just don't understand how people eat certain things and they're just like, this tastes so good. But when you like a person that just does not, first of all, that it just doesn't make sense to me because if we're all we're all humans. 
why is it that we have different taste buds? This is going to be like somewhere else. I'm sorry. Like this That's is a okay. tangent going elsewhere, but why don't we all just have the same taste buds? Like, why is it that, <laughs> why is it that like you can enjoy something and I'm looking at it like that shit looks nasty, you know, like I just would never eat that. And I don't want to like yuck anyone's yum. So I'm not going to be like specific, but like egg salad. I am egg salad, shit like that. Like it just stank and like mayo stuff, like stuff with globs of mayo in it. And it's just like, you're eating a fucking spoon of mayo and I don't understand it. And I don't want to, I don't want to judge you, but I'm judging you because it makes me a little queasy. So I feel you on that though. I do. I feel you on that. I do. Mm. Because heavy mayo foods give me the ickies. Like, I can eat potato salad from my mom, but other than that, I'm like, I don't want to touch no one's globbed up mayo salad tossed anything. Also, tofu. People who like tofu, I do judge because it's like you're eating a wet sponge. Like, I mean, when you put it in the in the pan and you make a tofu scramble, it don't taste like no wet sponge. Okay, them tofu scrambles be good as fuck. Yeah. But I'm talking about like the little when you take it out the package. Uh. <laughs> it's like you could squeeze it and then all that water come. What the fuck is tofu? What is tofu? Soybean something. But people eat that shit up and I'll just be looking like if I wanted to eat jail food, I would have killed somebody. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> like you're literally eating spread right now. Like you making something out of nothing, really. Like I, I don't gelatinous material from a lab is what I'm getting. Oh <laughs> Lord, no. Or lo- oh God. Okay, I have another one. I have one more, and this is I got a bone to pick with you. With me? Uh, woo! Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, fucking ma'am. What, okay. What I decided that I was going to try pads again. So oh, I bought okay. the fucking honey pot pads. Oh. And no, you no did one not told tell you. me that I was like, I put that <laughs> on and I said, Ooh, what's going on? Like, what is wrong? What is wrong? What's going on? Like, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I have to call my OBGYN. Like, what's <laughs> happening? And then I looked on the back. I said, this bitch, it, it felt like somebody had an ice cold glass of water with a fresh mint and was blowing it directly into my vagina. And I was like, get this fuck. I have a whole, I have a whole pack of these that I will gladly drop off to you because I'm never wearing that shit again. <laughs> I'm know, never. So what I liked. It was well, so uncomfortable. Like, no, it's my, it's like my coochie had an icebreaker. Somebody. <laughs> literally i was literally in there like fanning like oh please please calm down in there like oh my god you have to get the ones that don't have the medicine on it you didn't say that (laughs) you didn't tell me that i'm over here buying this shit like oh okay well you know brie recommends this let me give it a try you did not say who the fuck why did she create that like who said i wanted that it's what does that do really bad cramps okay you're gonna have really bad cramps and a hot vagina what the fuck i'm sorry poor honey pot she needs to make this like wider like medicated medicated pads because the first time i had them yeah. same thing i said why 
Do I feel like I, it's back 2012 and I feel like I'm using them ice cold condoms. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's why they went out of business. Okay. They, that was not a top seller for them. That shit is not comfortable. I'm sorry. Why do we, why do we buy those fire and desire? What were they called? Fire and ice. Why? why? You want me to go through like waves of like <laughs> discomfort during sex? Like what the fuck? That is not the end goal here. Like I can't even get into a groove because I'm like, oh, hot. Oh, ah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Let's just stop. Let's just let's just reconvene. <laughs> I'm not fucking with this. Like, why did they fucking do that? No one talks about the trauma that we went through in that year of because everyone. I don't know why everyone was buying them. They're terrible. The so, advertisements. Yes. That's what it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but you know what? I will give it up to us because we were we were practicing safe sex and we're like we're gonna we're gonna make this spicy and we didn't literally think it was going to be spicy. Right. Like imagine someone just ate a bag of hot Cheetos, licked their fingers, and then played with you. Like, just stuck it up in there. That's what the fuck that felt like. That's what that felt like. That was a fucking time. And you know what, though? I'm glad (laughs) you're right. We were practicing safe sex. Congratulations to us for being responsible. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, y'all, that was our hot takes. Um, I know that we probably be sending people through the ringer with our opinions. But um, today's topic, we are talking about why black women need to be humbled. Now, wait, before you get offended, (laughs) before it's not what you think, we don't think this, but we're going to talk about why black men think black women need to be humbled. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and start the show. I'm Bree and I'm Shalika and we are two long-term friends who get together once a week to chat over coffee or tea. Join us as we talk about all things black, white, and in between with With Cafe Cafe Confessions. Confessions. Okay everybody, we are back and before we get into today's topic, which is why black women need to be humbled, you know we got to do our tea over tea segment. Shay, what is your tea for this week? Okay, my tea for this week actually happened a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So I'm not sure if you saw that video. I could be butchering his last name, so forgive me. But I think it's Dave Portnoy. Port Dave P. And um, I believe he is the founder of Barstool Sports. Well, this man went on a rant and... You know, I usually don't, I usually don't be defending this family like this. And not that I have anything against them. It's just not my cup of tea. But he went on a rant about Kim Kardashian because there were speculations, not even, it wasn't even confirmed. There were speculations that she was dating Tom Brady. So his whole two minute and 31 seconds of a rant that he posted to Instagram was about how Kim Kardashian is a paparazzi girl. Mm. She's nothing but a girl that fucked on camera to get famous. She ruins every man that she dates. She's an A-lister, but she's a dirty A-lister. He then goes into a list of women that it is acceptable for Tom Brady to date. He also says that you could sleep with her, you know, take her to a motel and fuck her, but nothing else. He's like, we, 
a motel. He was like, you know, you're better than this. And if you're not better than this, that means none of us are. And at that point, I was like, nigga, do you want to date him? Like, why are you? My thing is, I may not be the biggest Kim Kardashian fan, but why are you a grown ass man going on this rant about who this man potentially might be dating? Why is that any of your fucking business? Mm -hmm. And why are you talking about her like she's not a human at the end of the day? A dirty A-lister that you can fuck in a motel but not take seriously? These men just need to go ahead and pull themselves up out of that closet because I'm seriously tired of it. I'm seriously tired of this discussion. Mm, There's just some questionable things happening here. And I don't think it's right. Like, I, I don't feel like it's right to ever talk about a woman like that. Like, whatever the fuck you feel about her... And it made me mad because there were so many women in there agreeing with him. Like, this is not right. Like, y'all y'all just be giving these people passes all day, every day. But mm. that is my tea over tea over this man. Wow. I did not know this was happening. And yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, come on, baby. Just go ahead and come out the closet. If you're that concerned about what this man is doing with his private parts, we got a bigger problem um, on our hands. But tying this almost into my tea over tea, what I will say about Tom Brady is it's very apparent that he has a type. I don't know if y'all know, but Giselle, his ex-wife, the one that he just divorced, I'm sure the papers are still wet. I don't know why this man is even dating at this point, because are we healed from our, how many years were they together? Mm-hmm. Oh, a long time. Don't they have like three kids together? Yes. Two or three kids? They just divorced. I mean, I think she divorced him because he wouldn't quit football. But if you can't be with that, <laughs> what? You're not leaving football. I can't compete with you. Okay, I'm done. Go. But you know, Giselle is, she's a witch, period. She's admitted to being a witch. She has, yes. What? He has admitted to her being a witch. She, he, he aims a lot of his success towards her spell work. Now, yes, yes. This is a whole thing. Oh, oh. so she did a reason why he got all these rings then. She over the sure. her little her, her little, little magic. Thing. Okay, okay. So I'm seeing this in a different formula right now that mm-hmm. this may be right up her alley because I will say, I will say if we get on the spirituality of the Kardashians, I'm not trying to be up in their vaginas or anything like that. They just have a history of um they're they're very witchy to me. I, I see them and I'm like, ooh. You guys give me real witch energy, like taking energy and manifesting with other energy, maybe energy from men and energy from your fans. But like they're they're definitely uh, tapped into something 100 percent. So I feel like he has a type and two for him to go from one to another. I feel like Miss Giselle is like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and second this because you think. You think your life is about to soar without me. Think again. Think again. I feel like this is all in her little conjure plan. So I'm very curious to see how it works out in a spiritual standpoint. But when it comes to like a man and another man's business, mind your own. Mind the business that pays you. Hello? Mind the business that pays you. You And I don't know. Like, I mean, (sighs) for one, I I just don't know if I would ever be in a point in my life to get with someone and, you know, knowing that their previous person was 
in the arts. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. I'm sorry. Uh -uh. No, no, not with Miss Giselle. Um, I'm she and she's actually a very out witch. I don't know where she comes from, where she gets her magic from, but you see the work. Uh, You see the work, right? But that leads me into my tea over tea because it's pretty much about the same kind of thing. So I think I told you that I have a gift. I could spot out people with like magical roots and lineages, right? Oh, okay. Um, I see it. Like it could be a good practitioners and bad practitioners. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. Especially bad. They show up. Their energy is so just like, eh, like screaming, right? But like light workers, people who are more quiet, it's a little bit more subtle, right? And there's just something really beautiful about like that protection that you have when you're not harming people, you know? Miss Tabitha Brown, I knew from day one. I was like, mm-hmm. Totally a spiritual psychic. I just felt it. I Girl, felt it. I felt it. To say bad energy. I was like, no. Oh no, no, hell no, 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 no. no. Like, oh, no, oh. no, no, no. Miss Tabitha's oh. a light worker, but uh, she's absolutely a worker. Um, I felt that energy from the moment she blew up. She was actually on Amanda Seals' podcast last month called Small Doses. Mm-hmm. Now this bone, this TRT is for Miss Amanda Seals because I don't play about Tabitha Brown. Um at all when people come for tabitha i'm like what's How? your what's your problem right right you that's a red flag for me because that's what's america's wrong with, auntie okay you, yeah so mm-hmm. yeah miss amanda seals i feel like i love a lot of her opinions and then i hate a lot of her opinions too she is a very polarized controversial individual for me like i don't know what it is and i know it's a me problem because Amanda has amazing work. I love her podcast. She's funny. But sometimes I'm like, you and the Caucasian side of you takes over. It just kind of like mm-hmm. jumps out, right? So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and play a clip from this podcast. And then we'll get into why we're talking about this. Okay? Okay. Hold on here. And before, let me give some context. Pretty much, uh, Amanda Sills, to me, offends Tabitha Brown. Tabitha Brown states that she is a seer, meaning her mother, her lineage, they come from a long line of spiritual individuals. I really believe in in the church um, through Christianity. But she was like, my mother helped me see people. And then I'll finish off with what I want to say. Okay. So here we go. And how I see them. That was a great thing about my mom. She always saw people. And so I really try to see people. And I I try to make sure they know I see them. Um, Even the ones that don't want to be seen. I see you. Um, So, (laughs) right, we... It's it's an important thing. And... Yeah, you're a witch, right? Like, a what? You're a witch. Oh, no, I'm not a witch. Witches are good things. Yeah, but I just don't uh, go by that. Okay. (laughs) I mean, it's different words for the same Unless... You cast me. Okay. So you can't see her body language, but Amanda's like, yeah, okay. Like rolling her eyes. Like, first off, let's talk about like spirituality in general and like spiritual, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like manners, right? 
it's like if someone identifies as like bi or trans or male or female, we can't say, yeah, no, that's not what you identify as. Because when we think about the term witch, that that derives from a religion called Wicca. And Wicca was created by this man named Gerald Gardner. He's an Englishman and he's Caucasian. Okay, so that has no ties or roots to black women or men or any BIPOC people in general. I do use the term witchy shit because I feel like it's the first thing people can grab onto but if I'm around people who know like I'll say high priestess or light worker or healer or shaman right so Amanda Seals goes on and says well being a witch is not a bad thing it's a good thing and I'm a witch and I was told by my professor that I was a witch and blah 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 and Tabitha was like okay that's great but I don't go by that I go by the word seer I am a seer I have ties to Christianity pretty much I see in dreams and visions what we would call this in the Bible would be like a prophet or um, right in, in, in the Christian term, a prophetic person um, just in general means clairvoyant. So yeah, they essentially do have psychic abilities. They do receive messages from visions and dreams. And if you tie it into Christianity, some people will say that they receive messages directly from God source, you know, himself. So if someone is saying that is not how I identify, you need to listen to what she's actually saying. That is not my religion. That's not my culture. That's not what I practice. So don't be calling me shit that I'm not. If I said that I'm a seer, I'm a seer. And I feel like Amanda, you need to get your shit together because as BIPOC women, especially black women, we are known as root workers, priestesses, conjure women and men, medicine women and men, shamans. Like I said, we don't go by the term witch you know so I don't know what are your thoughts I feel like it was just kind of offensive for her to like get upset with her for identifying as not being a witch I agree with you I feel like I'm not surprised that Amanda came about it that way like even if her intentions were good like I don't think Amanda Seals well I I feel like she does know how she comes off but I I feel like she's just she's been this way for so long that it's just kind of like this is who I am. Like, this is how, this is my show. This is what I'm going to say. And she doesn't really like adjust for the people that come on. Mm-hmm. Someone that is very strong in their faith or Christianity is not going to want to hear someone calling them a witch. Like agreed. agreed. immediately they're going to associate that with like demonic stuff. So like you use the terms, even if it's like, yes, it's, you know, there's different terms depending on like, you know, who you're around or whatever, but it all boils down to the same thing. Adjust to the people that come to your show, make them feel comfortable. If you start calling me a witch and I'm just like, Oh no, no, no. Get that up out of here. And like, (laughs) I'm correcting you. And then you're like, Oh no, no, no. Like you, you probably just don't understand what I mean. Then make sure you understand how you're coming off. Like fix what you got to say before you, you basically say it. So I, yeah, I that's unfortunate and I know that like one thing I do like about Miss Tabitha Brown like she has no problem with like shutting stuff down and like and she does it so classy just she's literally a sweetheart so like I could imagine her being like I hear you but I don't hear you because I, I already told you what it was so I commend her for you know having to go through that but I just feel like this is definitely going to be a, a learning lesson for Amanda Seals and I just hope the next person that comes on her show, she does a little bit more research and, you know, 
I'm sure she had these feelings about Tabitha prior to her coming on the show. Right. So she could have definitely like prepared better for whatever her response was going to be to, you know, the question that she asked her. So, and, and that's the thing. Ask a question. Are you a witch? Do you identify as a witch? She doesn't say that. She goes, you know, you are a witch, right? Like, right. no, I would be low key. Like if that, if I was on a, a national scale and somebody, and I know I say witchy stuff or I, identify as like being out of the broom closet but i think like i said i use it in a way where i think it's people people easily identify with that and i I need to fix my words because i am not a witch i do not identify as a witch i know that i just think i feel strange when i'm like oh i'm an intuitive or i'm a priestess of some sort that's the whole thing but you ask people right well i want to ask you that then Mm -hmm. like I know that you switch your words so other people could understand, but maybe you also have a responsibility to call it what it is and then explain that to people. So they're not over there. It's like in, you know, you know, gay communities, I'm not going to go around calling people the F word, but I know they say it amongst each other. It's like, you have to learn, like you have to know like what terms you're using, you know? So I, I, I would just definitely tell you like, you know, stop it there and make sure that, you know, if people don't understand you, you, you explain it to them so they can understand. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think that this is a learning lesson for me because it's like, why am I trying to placate like the white man and his, you know, comfort? And even though I don't do it with white people, but I feel like I make it where I don't have to be like teaching or talking about what I actually do. Because like I said, at the end of the day, I'm a priestess, a medicine woman, because that's what I do. I practice medicine. But yeah, I feel like Amanda, um, you really need to tap into what your shit is before you start trying to call people out. Like, yes, Tabitha has a frequency. I'm pretty sure Amanda picked up on the frequency. I don't think Tabitha's mm-hmm. ever been out in the public. Like I practice. What if she's a practitioner of hoodoo? And she's like, I don't need people knowing that. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I'm a, I'm a public figure and I don't need people sending me no bad vibes. Like, right. So I'm moving in silence. Why are you outing me on TV? You know? So Amanda, that's all I have to say is check yourself. Sometimes I'd be feeling like she'd be taking them roles from insecure and really just be living in that (laughs) little bit. In Delulu town. Yeah. No, no, no. I feel you on that one. And it sucks because like I do like Amanda Seals and I know like she's a very controversial person. Um, And, you know, I, I hate that people have tried to silence her in the past, but I also like, there have been times where I'm just like, Amanda, like there, there were other ways that you could have went about this or, you know, got your point across or whatever, but it, it doesn't always have to be like, in a way it comes off of like know-it-all yes. in a way, you know, like I'm, no, I'm telling you about you. And it's like, yo, chill. <laughs> I got it. Right. Like I know, I know, yeah. like you need to be teachable. You need to be like, Oh, yes. okay, thank you for informing me. I'll keep that in mind next time a seer. Oh, so can you tell me what the difference between a seer and a witch is? Create the fucking content. <laughs> like, <laughs> create the fucking content. Okay. But Moving on today, again, we're talking about humbling black women. And unfortunately, I had to humble Amanda through this little tea over tea. And that was not my intention. We are we are equal opportunists here. Okay, like we <laughs> like we're coming. It's it's everybody. Okay, because we definitely don't want to be labeled as like they hate men. They all no what the fuck ever. We're just calling it out for what it is. Period. 
I love that equal opportunist podcast but Mm on to this topic that you came up with and I got some shit that I have so much to say about I know you got some shit you want to talk about right because this was your topic do you mind leading with the first question I don't mind leading how does black male patriarchy impact the mental health and well-being of black women and other marginalized groups within the community Mm. You know what? Same vibe, same vibe, same vibe, same vibes. So let me go through my long list of notes. <laughs> because I definitely have some stuff. Okay. I'm going to get into my first topic to answer this question. And it was pretty much um, the black male patriarchy. What makes it different than like the white male patriarchy is the fact that there is um, intersectionality, right? For the black man and woman so when I say intersectionality I mean like you have stereotypes for white women that do not apply to black women and vice versa so when you're a black woman not only are you you know discriminated discriminated against for being a woman but also for being black so this comes with like double the problems double the issues same thing for the black man and I do really feel like a lot of the black male patriarchal system is wrapped up in their anger towards white men but they really don't have a fight with the white man technically by societal norms. So they take, so they it, take out it out on the black mm-hmm. woman because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what they feel like they have control over. They can't control white women. They cannot control white men. So they have to go quote unquote lower on the totem pole, which is the black woman. And there was a question that you had in there. I'm so sorry. Can you repeat that second question? Sure can. Uh, let's see the impact on the mental health and well-being. Okay, mm-hmm. so the into- impact on the mental health and well-being is just that. It's like double the pressure. I'm already a black woman dealing with black men, then white men, then white women on top of that and being kind of looked down by all three categories, right? So it's yeah. like the weight of the world is really on our shoulders and how we thrive through that is either we crack under pressure. When I say crack under pressure, it's becoming hyper independent, right? Being like, fuck it. I don't need nobody. I got this. The strong, yeah. quote unquote, resilient black woman, which really that takes us out of our own femininity and our autonomy of our goddess energy by trying to always have shit figured out and control shit. Or two, we embody the patriarchy, right? And, you know, we are birthed as pygmies in that area. Yeah. Right? We we succumb to the misogyny and the internalized patriarchy. So that's my question, on my answer on that. What are your, What is your thoughts? So I have a few thoughts. It's, it's, it's really funny that we actually picked this topic. I just started watching Insecure again. I'm like on episode two where Molly mm-hmm. was having this discussion with, uh, oh, God, why am I forgetting her name? basically Amanda Seals and uh, her husband and Amanda Seals had said, you know, we have a system that works because he lets, I let him be a man and he lets me be a woman. And to me, it's kind of (laughs) like, I shouldn't have to let you be anything. And not everyone has that same experience when they're dealing with black men. So like when you were talking about like, you know, fuck it, I got it. I'll, I'll do this on my own. Why have we had to do that for so long? Because men, certain men, I'm not saying all men, but these specific men have not stepped up into a role and made it easier for us. I can't sit here and, you know, wait for you to make a decision. And I know shit is on the line. Like we got to get this moving. 
and you dragging your fucking feet. Or if I feel like if you're not teachable, if I feel like, you know, you don't want to take my advice on anything that has to do with our future plans because you feel that that's not my role as a woman, that's detrimental to our future children, to me. That says that shows me that you speak, you think so low of me that I couldn't even contribute to like the house's success. I feel like this is a heavy topic and I was scratching my brain because I'm just like, I have so much that I want to say, but I want to make sure that I'm representing for what we go through and what our experience is. And it's so heavy. I was like, this might be two parts because how can we just go over all the things that encompass this topic, you know? So with that said, my question, just to keep it in alignment with what we just discussed, what role does internalized misogyny play within the community amongst black women specifically for you? What do you see? Mm, Internalized misogyny. Explain that to me. So basically, like I said, pick me behavior, right? Um, We are starting to now, when we come into a space of accepting (sighs) the patriarchy, and playing into the roles of it. I think um, we do that because we're lonely, because we've been taught that we have to do that. I feel like there's a lot of like silencing women's voices because of it. And it's like, you know, we're basically taught to settle. And I don't, I can't speak for other races because I'm not that, I'm a black woman. And I know that I feel like I have been I have been there. I have been the person to be like, okay, well, this is the type of person he wants. Let me become that. Okay. He wants to be the leader. Let me step back. Even when I was like, I and stuff and I'm like, Hmm, this ain't right. Mm, Let me just make an input here. But for the sake of being married to someone, I was willing to basically sacrifice myself. And I feel like a lot of women do that. Like, I, I, I feel like it is this game of like, who's going to get wifed up. And it's like, it's not for women anyways. Whereas like the game for men is like how successful they can be. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can, I, I can speak on this because I feel like I have been there and I have seen, and I knew exactly what I was doing and it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like I was appreciated. I, I, I didn't feel any appreciated more because I was taking a step back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like a lot of times these men just want like someone to stroke their ego. And it's like, dude, like you have so much to learn and you're not even willing to do this because society has told you you're a man, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. You're you you're always going to remain on top. I agree. And I feel like um it's 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 really two sides of the same coin right like it's a lose-lose like you could play into it you could play into the role of like being this traditional conservative woman for a man's approval or you could play into the role and I'm going to call it a role of being this sexually liberated individual who is open to living her liberated life right but in the same token for me it's Like I said, it's the same thing because the issue is really not about the internalized misogyny as a conservative or sexually liberated woman. It's really about centering men in your life. So if men are centered in your life, you're automatically playing into the patriarchal system. And the only way to break free from it is not about either being sexually liberated or being conservative. It's really about 
decentering a man's value and being like, okay, everything that I do is not for the male gaze or the male attention. And oh my God, thank you. I you love, know, I love that. I love that. This is, and I don't want to cut you off, but no, I feel no, no. like I know we're going to, I know we're going to get into it, but like, before I forget, this is a lot of the reason like this, this discussion right here, like what you just said is really why I go so hard for like women rappers to rap about whatever the fuck they want to rap about. Because whether you're the the pick me, the good girl, the you follow all the rules, the the fucking hoe, or whatever it is, it's like you can't win. Like there it, it doesn't matter. Like either they gonna pick you or they don't pick you. But like what you can't just go through this life trying to do things for a man's approval. You'll end up killing yourself. Like you'll end up literally driving yourself crazy because it's like Oh, well, he doesn't like when I do this. He doesn't, he, you know, he likes the type of girls that do this. And then you could be all that. And the nigga still won't give you the time of day. Like, it, so. Okay. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is what I'm going to get into with uh, same topic. But a question within this topic is, did you hear about the whole like India RE situation? You got to tell me about it. I did not look into it because I knew we were going to talk about it. Okay. So India RE, I, I think Megan Thee Stallion and Janelle Monet were performing at some event, some festival. And mm-hmm. Megan Thee Stallion is obviously doing her little stallion dance and living her life the way that she's always been doing on stage. And yes. I guess Janelle Monet decided that she wanted to flash a little something, something. She had on pasties, but, you know, show the crowd a little extra. Mm-hmm. India RE pretty much came for both of them just saying, you know, this is a downfall of the black woman. And we hear Indyari and we automatically think before this comment, oh, you know, natural, bohemian, you know, hotep hoochie kind of woman. (laughs) But somebody read her to filth on TikTok. And they were pretty much like, they were like, Megan Thee Stallion makes music for the girls, period. Like, when you go to Megan Thee Stallion shows, it's the girls and the gays. Janelle Monae identifies as queer. I believe it's pansexual, but girls and the gays, right? She was like, out of these three women, India Ari is the only one that centers men in her music. And then she goes Mm -hmm. to talk about, like, brown skin is about being with a black man. It's all about a man. All about a man. Has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with a woman. And then she talks about the song Video. You know that... uh, I'm not the average girl in your video. Mm-hmm. That's her talking shit about women who portray their sexuality in the videos or, you know, being sexually liberated. She's centering a man and then therefore stepping on a woman to get to the man in the song. And low key saying that, oh, I know I'm not a 10, but like, I'm, I'm still me. Like, girl, I'm not saying oh. that shit. <laughs> I'm, no. No, dead ass. Like she plays into that. For me, I'm a darker skinned woman and I know that I'm not perceived by society as like the beauty standard. However, like love me, see my wisdom, see my, Mm -hmm. see See the benefits. Yes. I don't need you to see my worth anymore. Like I, if you have to know your own worth, Mm -hmm. like I'm not, I'm Mm -hmm. not doing this for a man to see like I'm the fucking prize. Mm -hmm. Why? They don't see it when you are the prize. They don't see it when you don't give a fuck about the prize. So, like, wh- mm, what do you... Mm, I, don't, mm, I don't know, Ren. Mm. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yeah, so... Uh, I'm, I'm gonna read the lyrics real quick. She says, I'm not the average girl from your video. 
I ain't built like a supermodel, but I learned to love myself unconditionally because I am a queen. I am not your average girl from the video. My worth is not determined by the price of my clothes. No matter what I'm wearing, I will always be India Ari. And it's like you see the song, you hear it, and you're like, okay, she's talking about self-love. But realistically, there's a lot of comparison. I ain't built like a supermodel. Why are we focusing on what other women have and what you don't have? Putting something else down to basically talk highly of yourself. Okay. Right. Sometimes I shave my legs. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I comb my hair and sometimes I won't. Depend on how the wind blows. I might even paint my toes. Just really depends on whatever feels good in my soul. And she's like trying to force this idea. Me as a natural woman too, I get it. But like I'm somehow superior because I have depth. I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're selling. Yeah. Even Erica Badu, I love her to death. But she be having some hotep hoochie ass moments. for real she really does she was telling women that you know they pretty much shouldn't be tempting men by wearing certain revealing outfits and maybe we need to lengthen our skirts and whatnot and i'm like that is internalized misogyny you are playing into a man's idea of what a traditional woman is supposed to look like even when it sounds like rebellion i don't shave my legs sometimes i don't i don't paint my nails but it's like i am not a supermodel i am not the girls you go after but i am the girl you should need is what I'm getting through the song. Mm-hmm. Even when we talk no, about like, no. I am not my hair. You're so focused on your physical appearance for who? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like, granted, we're not going to like discredit that society does place a certain type of woman over another, you know, especially when it comes to the hair and, and skin color and all that. But I feel like, we as consumers feed into that and that's why it is as strong as it is. And if you are rebelling, uh, rebelling against that, you should also understand why people have their own ideas or their own ways of rebelling as well. Like this is how I go against that. This is how I go against the male gaze by doing what I want to do. This is how I go against you women who are trying to put me back in my place and tell me that, you know, I'm not a virtuous woman because whatever the fuck I'm doing. Like, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's just too many opinions about what a person should be doing. And it's like, you got rules on the man's side. You got rules on the women's side. It's like, at this point, just do whatever the fuck you want to do. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. And, and that's when we'll get into decentering men and my next question but what's going on with you what's your next question okay how can we engage in constructive conversations about black male patriarchy without perpetuating division within the community oh i think i know it's hard i was gonna say i think this is really difficult because even when i go through my timeline and i'm seeing these podcasts of like black men and women getting together and they're talking about paying 50 50 and all the things that go into the patriarchy and they're arguing or they're not agreeing or seeing eye to eye. I don't know if I have an answer for that because it is so difficult. I feel like every time we try to state our pieces on both ends, it ends up not being understood. And I don't know the healing journey that needs to take place in order for us to pretty much abolish the white gender roles because that's not for us. Period. We're not supposed to be working ourselves to the bone five days a week. So the shit that we're arguing about and fighting over is not our shit. That's Mm -hmm. how I see it. Right. We are not back in our own communities living amongst our tribes anymore. And I'm not trying to sound like a hotep hoochie myself, but 
we were stolen from our land and brought here to do the white man's work. And this is not natural to anyone, not even them, not even the Caucasoids that are. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, this is this is American caucus. This isn't like European because they they believe in breaks. Okay, okay? right. They they I'm be taking time about off. The people who stole the colonizers, okay, stole the land from the Native Americans and then placed stolen black people on that land to then build it up into what is America today. It's not natural. So we cannot be sitting here fighting and arguing about how to play our gender roles in this unnatural society, I think it really needs to be a rebirth and a re-understanding that we're going to have to break some shit all the way down and start from scratch because this is not healthy. We're depressed. We're tired. We're anxious. We're agitated. We're barely surviving. A lot of us don't want to admit that. We are Food is going through the roof. We have bigger fish to fry than what a man should be paying for, what a woman should be paying for. We need to get the fuck up out of this type of society in general. This is not conducive to our mental health. This is not what we were brought here to do. So I don't have an answer for that. I don't know. What are are your thoughts? I think my thoughts around this is like, I feel like people take these type of conversations as personal attacks, especially when they don't pertain to them. If you know you are a man that's paying 100% of or whatever percentage of the bills, you're taking care of the woman that you are with, you're treating her right, you need to exit stage left because this is not about you. And I feel like the conversation has gotten so far and it's it's something that, you know, we hear often like this is this argument has not been settled because there are still men out there treating the woman that they have claimed to love or the, the woman that they refuse to start a family with but have impregnated or want to sleep around with like dirt. They have expected the bare minimum from black women. I can again, I'm not speaking on other women. I just be seeing the difference. So y'all have expected the bare minimum from us and get mad when we give you some pushback. And when we're telling you, you're trying to give me the bare minimum, I don't like how you're treating me. Then you go into a conversation about basically, I deserve the treatment that you're you're giving me. Mm-hmm. So we can't have a constructive conversation about it until I feel like that side is willing to listen. There has been some hurt. There has been some betrayal. There has been a lot mm-hmm. on your end. And I need, I, I need some sort of apology. I need some sort of change from you, but don't expect that you can come over here and, you know, give me just enough to satisfy me, but then go over to someone else, some something else and be like, oh, I'm going to show you the world. I'm going to give that to you. So, <sighs> yeah, I, I think that um, it shows up with our men when we see them with other groups of women who are not black and we had this conversation i believe in one of our episodes like there's a level of like vulnerability and willingness to try and be different and i don't know if that's their own situation with the patriarchy of the white man and like always trying to put their best foot forward and be on their best behavior when they're not around other people who are black i don't know where that stems from but correct like you go sometimes and show other women better opportunities of who you are than giving us your best right when we're here in the mud with you when we deserve flowers and we deserve 
the utmost respect, even if we're not your preference. It's okay to be like, you know, I don't prefer, you know, to date within my race. I mean, I may not agree with it, but you do have the right to speak your piece, but it still needs to be a level of respect of how you move. This whole, I only date red bones, yellow bones, light skin, long hair, curly hair, that is internalized racism. And I'm not going to sit up here and listen to any goddamn man who's ever said anything like that and be like, yeah, you know, I can see your your process because no, you came from a black woman, period. So I feel... It's really hard and I feel like um, I get so flustered talking about this because the weight of it is so heavy in our community. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss for words, you know, yeah. but I do want to ask the question. We started this topic based on what happened with Miss Kiki Palmer. Yes. And that's where this <laughs> whole yes. thing stemmed from, right? Because we're going to get into the humbling of the black woman. Um, but I want to get on to my first question about that topic. And it's basically on the hypersexual stereotype of black women. And I want to know, how does this stereotype manifest in the black male patriarchal system and what are its effects on the lives of black women hypersexuality specifically the stereotype of it um um okay so if i'm understanding correctly i view it more so like there is a line between being liberated and being hypersexualized i feel like women have realized that men are going to sexualize us and instead of like you know joint I don't want to say joining them but they kind of like took that over and was like okay well if you can do it I can do it better and I can make money off of it like I'm not just going to allow you to basically use me up for free and I I do feel like there are some women who have become liberated um because of the treatment that they may have experienced. So it's like, you know, they might be actually like true lovers. They might be like, you know, I'm a relationship type of girl, but I've had to become this person who, you know, this, I have had to have this new identity to guard myself, to feel like I have control of myself, control of my body and my mind. And, you know, the decisions that, you know, people try to make over me as a woman. Um, I hope I'm answering your question. I, but let me know. Okay. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, okay. I I wanted to mention something about this really quickly because you mentioned how Suki is one of your favorite characters. And last week, I think, or two weeks ago, your girl was hot. I feel like when we talk about like, how does it manifest in the black male system? It manifests through these type of situations, right? Where we go back over the slavery And we see our women being raped, beaten, brutalized. We see our men being broken, separated from the home, also being raped. They don't want to talk about that. But it absolutely happened, right? This hypersexual nature of the black woman from the white man. I feel like the black man has internalized that through systems of DNA, transfer and transfer, transfer over and over again. To music. To music. Today, is that that's our modern version of seeing slavery play out. Mm-hmm. in the black male community right mm-hmm. if you ever think about okay. it like that like yeah that's how i see it like that stems from those roots of right. us just being completely brutalized in front of other people and it became normalized 
and here we are today doing it again on national TV to ourselves. But what I will say is, how does this affect the black woman? It becomes very dangerous, right? And Suki is a great example of how dangerous it could really go. And I mean, I'm not taking um, anything away from her or anyone involved, but because people see her as presenting herself as a very hypersexual woman, I think men see that as an easy way to brutalize, rape, and manipulate her Mm -hmm. it's a pass it's almost like well she does it for free anyway so why not she likes this she she enjoys here's my fantasy that i can play out Mm -hmm. on a willing person you know and i think that oh go ahead what what are your thoughts because as you're saying this um i'm thinking about like well if you take it from a male's point possibly i'm not a male but if you take it from like hip-hop and like male artists if you look at the lyrics they are a lot of times not all the time but a lot of times they're about what they rap about they do be in here flipping these girls they do be in here doing these drugs and whatever that whatever else and they could literally treat women like buses you know so if you have a woman basically saying oh this is what i do to men this is what i like this is what you know you know this is how i get down they're gonna be like okay, well, you know, you're rapping about it. That's what you're about. And, you know, in her defense, she would come out and be like, oh, you know, I've only had one partner that I've been with for however long. And that was my fiance. But it's like, your music isn't saying, oh, this is what my fiance do. This is, it's more so saying like, this is what I do with whoever, like any man that be coming into my life, you know? I mean, to your point, like, yeah, she's not she's not specifically saying this is what me and my fiance do. She's playing her character. She's making her music mm-hmm. as this character. And that's just what it is. Um, but at the same time, I feel like that doesn't still that doesn't give men the, the right to. Oh, no. You know, play this, like I said, very rapey role on her. No. And even if we get into a woman who I'm not saying that um, Hallie is conservative. I'm not saying that she's conservative by any stretch. Right. Okay. Cause homegirl might be throwing it back behind. Hello? Doors, okay. <laughs> but we look at her character. And when I say character, I mean her lineage in Hollywood and how she presents mm-hmm. and what her brand is. Right. She would be yes. more of a conservative, quiet Disney princess type. Right. Mm-hmm. And the way that DDG came at her for doing her job is doing your job doing it's it's the same level of danger to me with suki who is a liberated sexual woman through her music hallie is very conservative by she does everything by the book that we see in the public and she is still faced with these issues with a black man demonizing her for playing her role as a character oh y'all are holding hands at the premiere you were kissing him like you don't know if that type of influence will stop her from taking certain roles in the future and how dare you say anything when you have your fucking ex, you going back and forth with your ex on fucking Twitter. You was messaging her at 2 a.m. in the morning. You're embarrassing this girl. She's doing this in her job. Look at look, even look at your music videos. He wants that shit. He wants he don't Toxic. really want the conservative, mm-hmm. you know, I say out the way kind of woman. He's addicted to the hypersexual he's addicted to that type of energy and i feel like he tries to self-sabotage through this type of bullshit 
with her because yep. that could be your own coming, sh- coming falling short. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel successful enough. Since he's been with her, it's been Z-list, E-list, D-list, no job, have an <laughs> ass rapper. With Ruby, you could pull the stunts that she was pulling and be looked at as that nigga. With her, mm-hmm. you're looked at as why are you Elaine. here? Yeah. It's different you're tax with the wrong girl, buddy. <laughs> no, for real. People are like, people are looking at Hallie like, this your man. This is the one you want. But it is, okay, so damn, that opens up another question because it's like, why do we side eye it when it's someone who is the quote unquote good girl, but we don't think the over sexual chick like Ruby Rose deserves that same treatment? Why does she deserve to get dogged out and texted at 3 a.m. in the morning and not respected? This man went on Twitter like, I hate this bitch. Why did well, you would have never said no shit like that about Hallie? It's two what? sides of the same coin. That's why I said it's a lose lose. And we're going to get into this, ladies, of how to fix this problem. But can we wait go really ahead. quick? Because can we also say that he didn't even take responsibility for the lyrics? He was like, oh, it's just a song. It's just about a failed rapper and a woman. It's not about, ha- bro, I'm tired. Look, if you're going to say something, stand on that. You're that, the failed and- rapper and she's the Hello. woman. It's about Hello. you. This play is about us. Be for real. It's just music. No, no. If those are your insecurities, that's okay. But say what it is. And that is the same thing that happened with Kiki Palmer's man. My thing is for you to get on Kiki Palmer's internet. Kiki fine ass Palmer. And try to basically call her out on Twitter, online. Try to make her feel bad. And use it and and post it post it in a way that like you're a mom. You basically you should have some more class than that. Like how 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 could you be out here showing ass? Just say seeing her with Usher made you feel uncomfortable. You didn't like it. Maybe there are some conversations that need to be had for the next time around. I don't want you hugged up with a celebrity because I'm not a celebrity and you have access to these people and you might just pick up one day and leave me for this person. And it made me feel very small and it made me feel less of a man because all of these niggas are probably clowning me because my girl just did a little uh, one, two step with Usher. Like say what it is. But don't come online trying to make her feel bad about that. Be, feel bad for your insecurities. Mm-hmm. Talk to her in private. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you really think was going to happen? That people were going to let that slide? Boy. And, and that, that leads me to my next point. Because when we talked about Suki, it was danger and being a sexually liberated woman and how men treat you. When we talked about Hallie, it was interfering with her work and her being more conservative and it's still being the same result, right? How dangerous it can get messing with her back. Now we're talking about Kiki Palmer. We're talking about pressure in motherhood. Like because she decided to have a child, she's no longer a free woman of her own body and expression. Yes. So then this is another marginalized group within the patriarchy. So we have the black woman and then we have the black mother. And I feel like we can't win. We can't win Mm -hmm. in either character roles that we play. We're always scrutinized 
for some reason. Mind you, the receipts showed that this nigga was out here booty hoe ass naked with a pair of thin draws on on his fucking timeline. I'm confused. No. Yes, he sure was. He, no. he had some boxer mirror photos and people were like, but you're a father. So it's like you're coming for me in a glass house. I don't get it. It's really yeah. you and your insecurities where you cannot control how my freedom makes you feel. Exactly. That's your own inner work. And then I want to yeah. talk about Nikki because that should have been my hot take. I am not a Nikki fan. I believe that she is one of the best rappers alive. I respect the craft. I was not the person. No, not the person. I respect the pen. I respect it. I think that that woman is a gift from the heavens when it comes to like female rappers, but I cannot get behind no nasty ass attitudes. I cannot get behind drama, but all that to say, she's still a black woman and it's still support and love at the end of the day. And I feel like she had um, an interview with, with a man and she was talking about how little Wayne had so much influence on her getting her body done, specifically her butt shots. And she was basically saying when I was coming up and, you know, I was around Wayne and Drake and all them all, all the time in the studio, they would always have hella women coming in and out. And these women were like very model, gorgeous, fat booty ass women. And she's like, I'm sitting up here. I'm the next superstar. And I feel inadequate to these regular girls just walking up into the studio. And they would make fun of me for how my body looked, how skinny I was. Like, and I'm not taking that as a joke. Like, this is Lil Wayne we're talking about. This is one of the best rappers in the entire world. Anything that he says carries weight is what she said. Yeah, because why would you even joke like that? that's what she said she was like why would you even talk like that so i just did it she was like i just got my my butt done i didn't do any research i was just so desperate to look desirable yeah because i felt so inadequate because of a man's approval Mm -hmm. and when we talk about that now we're talking about the man's and the patriarchy's effect on how black women show up by themselves the surgeries and the modifications and the way that we dress and the way that we present ourselves to be what accepted. And I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to be rude, but Wayne is the last motherfucker on earth that I'm trying to impress look wise because you, you look like you look like you came out of the eighties. Okay. I'm going to just leave it at that. (laughs) I'm going to just leave it at that. (laughs) You know, ladies, babies, we all crack babies. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just think that it's really crazy to me because if he wasn't a man with money, nobody would blink. Not one blink. No, not a slow blink. Not even a Forrest Whitaker blink. No, for like real? nobody. <laughs> no. Like, not the Forrest Whitaker. You're foul. That's not he didn't deserve that fire. Um <laughs> But no, he's like up there with flavor flavor for me. Where I'm just sure. like, you, you, you know, you know, Superhead, Corinne Stevens, whatever her name is. She said mm-hmm. that she would leave her husband at any hour of the night if he called. There was times where she would tell her husband, 3 a.m., I'm going to go sleep with Wayne. He's He wants me at his hotel. I'm out of here. Okay. He has that much power. And how did he get that much power on this, on God's earth? I have no clue. <laughs> it, it must have been the money. They look way past the looks. And they were like, oh, this man got sex appeal. 
oh, he's attractive. Okay, whatever you say. But that money be talking. Okay, big game. You see it. Ah! Man, mm. you be seeing it. Mm. Uh, but there was there was one thing that you mentioned um, just talking about uh, the Kiki Palmer situation. And it made me also think about future. And God, okay. So future is in the news because unwarranted I don't know let me not say unwarranted because I don't know what the hell be going on in their house but my thing is why did you take it upon yourself to mention Russell's name in this new song why what fuck Russell and I think he might have even addressed Lori Harvey in that in the next line hold on let me just pull it up really quick Big dog status, Bill Hubble. I bought Lennox mouth for my brothers. Go your bag, talk the cuddle. I got it out the field, fuck Russell. Going as Lori about the paddock, then going as Jordan as dead. Philippe Water trying to drown a bitch. It's a habit tricking on a bitch. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I just cannot stand this man. Let's start with Russell. Fuck Russell? The man that is in your son's life as a father? The man that is taking him to practices at the games, getting him some one-on-one coaching. That nigga would be at recitals. Fuck Russell. You're in the studio with your potential next baby mama being irresponsible as hell. Hi. You don't even, high as hell. Talking about pills and all this other stuff. You should be so grateful that Sierra has this type of man in her life and not another you. Like, why are you mad? Because you fumbled her. And not only did you fumble her, all the other women that you mentioned, Lori, Joy, Des, all these women who cut you off, you had, a, you had to throw them in your song too? Let it go. Why are you living in the past? <sighs> okay. Before we even get into the context of this nigga, Let's get into the birth of this nigga for a second. This man was born Hello. in 1983. This man is damn near 40 years old this He's year. He's about to be 40 years old. That's almost a fucking half a century. And you are still rapping like you're 1918? <sighs> Lord. It's giving ick. I'm actually kind of... See, this is why you don't really look up your rapper's um, ages. Because you start getting gross the fuck out. Because why is your mindset... As a 40-year-old man, as a turn-of-the-century-ass man, as a man who survived through uh, almost four decades of black trauma, talking like this on a record, why are we still making club music and bangers? Shouldn't you have invested your money by now, Mr. Uh, Nevadius, Damon, (laughs) Wilburn? Shouldn't you be owning a couple properties, doing something other than in the studio, name dropping and gossiping about somebody who stepped up to the motherfucking plate? You sound like Snoop and baby boy on the phone. I know this ain't Jody that still live at home. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Whole time you're in a motherfucking prison cell. I'm confused. I am very confused right now by the logic and it's almost embarrassing I'm disturbed that this man is 40. I think that to me is the most disturbing news I've heard all day. That future is 40. I am 30 years old and I wouldn't make a song anywhere near. I'm not making club bangers anymore. You know what it is, Brie? 
all of the people that he has name dropped have elevated and he's still in his, in his still drug induced state, not going anywhere. The man already sold his catalog. Right. Like, bro, I I mean, I think, I, I think it's just time to hang it up, but no, because there's still men out there who praise him. And I'm like, how can you praise this man who, let me just see how many, how many baby mamas does, does future have and whether or not they trapped him or not. Cause I'm not, I'm not putting it past anyone. You still decided to sleep with these random people, knowing that you had a very healthy roster of children already. Nevadius, I'm not about to sit up here and play with you right now. This is actually, he has eight kids. That's a busload. Oh my God. Eight baby mamas, eight baby mamas. How many kids? You have eight baby mothers. So, I mean, you could have popped two out with a couple of them. Eight kids is crazy. Eight half brothers and sisters running around is insane. It's insane. It's it's totally insane. And I think what happened, too, is he really has a a disdain for Sierra for stepping up and be like, when I was with that man, I was in turmoil. Like... I was unhealthy. I was doing things that I would have never done on screen because I was influenced by such a low vibrational dick pusher because you're just <laughs> <laughs> you're at this point. You're just a penis attached to a body. That's it. Mm-mm. You're the hoe. I don't have any. You're the hoe. You're the hoe. <laughs> Sir. Girl, he had seven in 2020, and I, 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 I can't find anything on how many kids he has. I think he only claims four, but this man has eight baby mamas. That is insane to me. And you know what? He's not even worth our conversation because we all know what's up. We all know that this is the absentee father syndrome, and you're mad that somebody is doing your job better than you without being asked or forced. Exactly. You when wanted Sierra to, to struggle. Forced. Oh, I said absolutely. He wanted her to crawl back, and that's where that humbling shit goes. Like you're mad. Are you mad that Lori didn't crawl back? Are you mad that Destin didn't cra- crawl back? Are you mad right. that Joy didn't crawl back? Right, bro. They probably saw you for who you were and left you right where you're at, and now you're adding them to your tracks for clickbait. And I'm, I'm, I got my money on Russell. If they really came to a one on one, we're talking about a professional athlete in the NFL dealing with a, a crumb roller. Okay. When I say we're dealing with a nugget breaker, that's the, that's the biggest workout you do. We're dealing with a lean pour. Okay. You are not prepared for the type and the level of athleticism that this man has. And you better be smart because I feel like men push men that they think aren't about that life. Exactly. They think he's weak. They think he's, he's a square. Oh, he ain't going to do nothing. He would fuck you up if he really wanted to. Hello. With the Holy spirit attached to him. You better be lucky that Russell jr. (laughs) You better be lucky that little Russell is in his life because if not, that man would have dragged your ass for sure. Dog walked you. Yep. And and pray to pray to God that that is a man of the cloth because for real, let it have been anybody else with the type of athleticism. <laughs> are you future is? Are you insane? I feel like he lives a very like sedentary life. Like 
in the studio sitting down pressing buttons i don't really or fucking a bitch in some gucci flip-flops but come on you're talking about a man whose job is to go out there across the field with the biggest niggas god created taking hits you think your little lean sipping ass your little tequila drinking Patron smoking, whatever it is that you do. I don't even know what these niggas do in the studio. <laughs> okay, but cocaine sniffing could really handle. That is a real man right there. I'm sure that he's lifting up Sierra for shits and giggles. I'm sure the sex is out of this world. I was I, about to say, he in there like Melvin did fucking Joey's <laughs> Listen, baby boy with a the blueprint. Kid. I, I, baby boy was literally one actor short of being a Tubi premium, but holy shit, has that not been the blueprint for, I have learned more from baby boy about the black man. That movie was an insight. They shouldn't have given us the playbook because Jody in today's time, we're talking about a bum ass nigga with no job living at home and his mama arguing and running around town because his mama's getting some dick when you got a baby at the age of 18 and a woman who has her own place and her own job and you're riding around in her car or on a bicycle on a bicycle eating candy without no proper nutrition while she's getting rolling around with the neighborhood kids p waking up every day at 5 a.m like he got a job you know he calling them unstable creatures your pockets are unstable your pockets are unstable p I don't know who gave you the right to call anybody. I you're, The stability that you have is because of my mom's house. So these niggas have been, and then on top of that, pumping up your chest to fight some neighborhood punks that stole your Alizé. Not a $4 bottle of Alizé. Hello. That's up there with Mad Dog. Be for real. If Let somebody, it go. If somebody <laughs> stole a, a bottle of Alizé out of my hands, they needed that more you than got I got it. Hello? Oh. <laughs> you got it. You got it, okay? That's let me your, go. Let me go up your here and get it. I'm get just going to go back inside. Give me another Arbor Mist. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Get well, you another one. It's fine. Yes. So when I think about that movie, I think now future. I see him right up in that realm. I don't care if you got a million dollars in your bank account. It's the baby boy mentality for me. I have the ick. I'm grossed out. And I feel sorry for Lori Harvey that he was even on the roster. I feel sorry that he had an application. I'm sure. I'm sure sure she was like, this was just for fun. I just wanted to date someone different. And baby, Lori Lori got you up out of there. Like, we knew. We knew your trial was ending. And you just got to keep remembering how, like, oh, yeah, keep talking about how you had her. I gave her a Patek. And, you know, I give all of my girls a Patek. Nigga, if I was with you, I, I would collect my Patek too and then go on to the next man wearing right. the Patek. For my services. Thank you for Thank my... Thank you. Yes, please. Thank you for the trauma. Honestly. Well, that, me that should be for a my parting ser- gift. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Honestly, he seems like he's just a carousel for penis. Like, that's it. I think women just... Not hop- a carousel <laughs> for penis. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so sorry. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that is the title of this episode, A Carousel for Penis. Yes. That is, <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave him. Okay, so ladies, 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 we ripped into these men. Um, 
what I want to do now is bring it back home, bring it back home, because I feel like we went deep into the disdain that we have for the black male patriarchal system. But how do we start removing these blockages in these chains? You have a question here? Mm-mm. Have a response. Okay, perfect. When you're done reading, okay. sorry. All right, no, 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 no. I think this is perfect. How do we start removing these chains? Shay, what's your answer on that? I think we start, if I, well, let me just start with like within black men, like what's something that I observe from them. I feel like we too, we put too much emphasis on like what's cool and what's not cool within the black community. So there's a lot of people feeling like the other in their own community. And unfortunately, what's cool right now are men who don't step up for themselves. And I'm not even saying for another woman, but don't take responsibility for themselves. They don't want better or they're just too comfortable in where they're at. And I think if we could start there, there has to be men that hold these type of men accountable you have to like look at your friends and be like, this is not okay. When it comes to women, what we need to do is continue to keep our standards high, but we also don't need to drag down men in the process. We don't need to say, oh, I don't need a nigga. I don't need this. Da, 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 because that is just speaking from a place of hurt. And I feel like it's it's hurt because you've been let down by so many men, whether that was men in your family, um, a father or a father figure, or the men that you dated who promised that they were unlike the rest and they end up being the same or worse. I feel like we have to have real honest conversations around that and call it what it is. There's nothing wrong with having standards about like how you expect to be treated, what you want in your relationship, what you want them to provide and what you don't want them to provide. But they got to stop asking men who are just incapable of doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go up to a man who like is barely struggling to meet ends meet and be like, oh, I expect you to pay 100% in this. Not everyone can do a hundred percent lifestyle right now. They can't, it's hard out here, especially in California. 50, 50 is okay. Don't let people, the internet convince you that it's not, but if it's really not for you, then you need to exclusively date people who also believe that, that it's not a problem for them, but you know, don't just be out here expecting, you know, every man to be the same when they're not. So I feel like there is a lot of unlearning to do on both parts because we definitely need one another. And I think like, again, like with men too, listen to us, specifically black men and black women, listen to us when we're telling you, this is how I'm feeling about, you know, how I'm being treated by you. And don't try to combat that with like justification or, you know, not taking accountability. So that's my piece on it. So you hit so many good points. And yes, I don't even like talking about the 50-50 conversation because I believe in certain states, it really is very unlikely. Not that it's not, I mean, it, it may happen. It, it may happen. But the fact is, is that it's very rare. Like if you live in Idaho and Arkansas, great. 
you know, that might be very easy for you to come across a man who is a bus driver or um, a truck driver of some sort, trash picker upper, and he could take care of you because the cost of living is so cheap. In these places, L.A., San Francisco, Miami, New York, right? Texas is kind of on the rise of being you know, a little bit more expensive now that so many people are migrating to Texas to what save money. Yeah. These places are difficult Seattle to, to survive. And I think that people do get wrapped up in the internet story of like, Oh, my man is not a provider man because I'm paying for half the bills. Well, then you guys need to migrate to a place where he could do that. Are you willing to, you know, be a Tiffany and live in what Denver? Where did she move? Colorado? I think they moved to Colorado. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. before that, I'm not saying that I'm using this as an example, even though it's a made up fictional character. I just feel like Issa wrote so well. Yes. But, you know, before that, Tiffany was still working a job. She was even looking for a job in Denver. At the end of the episode, she's like, I still haven't found a job yet. I don't want to be nobody's housewife. I want to work, you know, and I feel like I appreciate Issa for including that storyline because we're taught so much that you're not successful if you have a job with a man. It's mm-hmm. fucking hard. The average American is making like $49,000 a year. Which is not any money. That's nothing. That's nothing. Considering rent and food, and then you want to lay up under a man who's making $49,000 a year. And then you want to say, well, I want to go for high-end men. Awesome. But let's really be honest. What kind of high-end woman are you? Like, I am not trying to be rude, but I I really think we need to sit down with ourselves and be honest. Like, Mm -hmm. are you making, you working at a call center, $49,000 an hour, talking about you need a man that make 100K? Okay, manifest that, babe. I hope you can find that. But like, what happens if you don't? Yeah. Why can't you become the man that work that makes a hundred K? Why? You know, you I know? I think that people get caught up in like the Shira seven kind of wave. Don't be talking about my girl. I like her. Okay. I, I like me some sprinkle sprinkle too. I do. I do. But you know, I come from roots of Pomona, California and prostitution is rampant. I know game. I know ism when I fucking hear it. Oh, yeah. You, you, oh, yeah. yeah right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. There's definitely all of that up in there. It's all of that up in there. She is no different than a blue face. And I'm not talking about, like, how she acts. I'm talking about, like, the mindset of, like, we out here. They perpetuate the same idea, and it sounds crazy. It sounds so crazy when you think about it, comparing Sheer 7 to Blueface, because they're so completely polar opposite in their language. But realistically, those are two pimps. They're dupes. <laughs> they're dupes they're dupes Uh, she's a madame to me she is teaching you guys how to play the game that's it Uh, see it as entertainment or not but like you sitting there eating that taking notes and saying this is what i need to do nah babe you're playing the game you're playing you gotta be okay with that are you okay with sleeping with a man who's 90 years old with hot breath on a breathing machine Mm, 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 no are you, no. you know, like, are you comfortable with a very, very tiny micro penis for the sake of a couple dollars? Are you happy popping out babies against your will because that's what that man wants and he's paying for your lifestyle? Are you willing to really commit to doing all the work around the home, cooking dinners, cleaning, being the expected high value wife? 
these are things you got to think about. It doesn't sound all that great when we really get into the idea of like, what does that mean to be a kept woman? A lot of kept women went through lobotomies in the 50s. Um, <laughs> am I lying? Lord, I was not expecting you to say that. <laughs> I'm serious though. Like, a lot of people went a little loopy being a kept yeah. woman because it wasn't about being a kept woman. It was about being, being a, a worker servant. for a man, mm-hmm. right? So you gotta, you, there was a quote that I read from a white woman, and she was like, My mom said that if you marry for money, he'll make you make you pay for every penny oh yeah Ooh, i like that he'll make you earn it he'll make you earn every single dollar if you marry for fucking money and you could you fucking could but are you okay with never really having that deep 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 connection that love that you're looking for i don't know and i i would pray and i manifest that if that's what your heart desires you could find both a man that you are so fucking in love with and who is so willing and able to to take care of you i want that for my ladies out there i just want us to be honest with ourselves is that a hundred percent possible i don't know anyone who's a kept woman right now in my life i'm trying to think i'm trying to think i think i know one okay and and how's that going give us a give us the details because i want to know okay all right, moving along then. Um, so <laughs> do with that information as you will. <laughs> but I really did want to uh, bring up the decentering men conversation. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, when it comes to like my privilege, this is where I'm privileged. I have been in a relationship for a very long time. So through that process, I have been able to decenter men. And it sounds crazy because you think, oh, you've been in a relationship for so long. A man has been the center of your universe forever. Actually, nah. For a long time, yeah. But these last three, four years, I have been so loved in a way where I'm like, I don't have to focus on what he's doing right like he is not the center of my life and I think that comes from like it's like the same privileges of like someone being like when you have money doesn't buy you happiness right and people are just like well fuck that I want the money like 10 grand could help me right now right yeah for sure but after a while that 10 grand once you get cozy and comfortable you're like oh shit I was just working on survival now I got to really do the work on me, right? Because all we're trying to do is just make it through, make it through. So sometimes we're trying to survive in love and just say, we just want a place to rest our head in love. So we center men. And I think when you're in a healthy, happy relationship, I shouldn't be the center of that man's life, period. I'm the woman of his life, but I'm not his entire realm and he is not mine. So when we think about decentering men, I want to just get, you know, understanding of like what I mean by that it means taking the importance of male validation the male gaze everything about a man taking that out who are you not who are you without a man just who are you let's start there yeah right what drives you what gives you purpose what can you refocus on that is solely selfishly if you will you all about you start there I feel like the men will come right so you start focusing on the things that are truly you what drives you also what do you contribute to sisterhood sisterhood is extremely important and i'm talking about like yeah friends 
that's sistership. But I'm talking about getting in contact with women in maybe a special interest. Maybe you guys like to do planting and gardening. Maybe you like to read books, right? Maybe you enjoy working out. Maybe you really like film. Maybe you find you with other women, you know? Like the the community that we need as women, when we ever think about like our elders, like my grandmother, they really had sewing circles and my grandmother was a bookworm and they sold Avon and like she had all these little collections of women that she belonged to and so much knowledge was passed through those circles. So oh, much wisdom. Lord, yes. Right? Yes. It's it's a beautiful thing. Like it's, right now, being able to experience so many different women, like having these different friend groups, like I feel like I've just been exposed to so much. And people don't realize that when all of your time is, and I hate to say this, mm-hmm. but when all of your time is spent in one particular group, the knowledge there is so limited, you know? Yes. But then like when you, you just get around other people, it's like, I'm learning from stuff from you. You're learning things from me. I could take it back to over here. I can bring it over here. And we just grow. And I don't understand for the life of me how there are women out there who are like, I just don't, I just don't fuck with women. I'm just okay on my own. I'd rather be around men. No. That's the internalized misogyny. That is again, centering a man, right? And you're, you're taking so many blessings and opportunities away from yourself by having that mindset for real we got a decenter man like back on that but yes get a well-rounded idea about what it means to be a full emotionally mentally secure woman in her own identity mm-hmm. right who is that woman i want to meet her talk to women who are securely single talk to women who are happily married Talk to women who are in a secure relationship with their self, right? And when I say happily married, I mean happily married and secure with themselves. I'm not talking about like happily married, my husband is my life and anything that he does is it. I want you to talk to a woman who expresses freedom from her partner while also being a fucking phenomenal partner. It's a tandem dance, okay? We're dancing mm-hmm. with that balance of, ooh, I am fully autonomous of myself, but yet... I also have a, the love of my life right next to me. And I still have that freedom. I want you to talk to happily divorced women. Right? I want you to happily, happily, happily divorced, divorced women. Okay? Yes. Um, yes. Talk to women who don't ever even want to have a partner. And who are happy with that. I'm not saying asexual. Maybe asexual. But who's just like, I don't desire to be kept by anyone. And I'm happy with it. Talk to women who have journeyed this road of decentering men before you. And I guarantee you, you will find some seeds of your own that you're going to start planting in your life and they will blossom into beautiful fucking plants. And I'm telling you this as a woman who has decentered men while in a relationship, it is very doable. It's possible. Right. And a man that loves you would want that for you. That is to me, I could not be with no man who is sucking the life out of me. I need you to want me to be alone. I need you to encourage my growth of self, right? Um, I'm sorry if I'm rambling. I still just have a little bit more to say. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so women empowerment groups, sisterhood communities, wherever you can go that is in your niche and your interest. This way, being in groups like this, like I said, I truly believe that we, we as women need a space to flow with one another that pertains strictly to our own feminine nature right 
And that could be passing knowledge through. I wish we still had women who sewed and, and, you know, baked from scratch or even who were like, fuck that shit. I do roller derby. You know, I fucking, <laughs> what? no, I'm just saying it's, it could be anything, you know, yeah. like there's stories in these women, people who have become so just so free from a fucking man's perspective. Talk to me, Shay. Talk to me. I was I was just going to say another place that you can look is I'm pretty sure a lot of us have experienced like coming to a birthday or a celebration for a friend. And then you end up meeting someone there that's like, yo, this person is dope as hell. It can be as simple as that. Taking a leap and just being like, let me get your number. Like I, I had a really great time with you. I want to expand more on what this friendship could be. Like, I want to get to know you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Unless you have like an extremely jealous friend in that group that don't like to share friends. But fuck that person. Still get their number. But No, I, I did like what you said about decentering men and men because I feel like when you have that in the forefront of your life and you're just like, how can I become a better person? What do I like? Who am I? You know, what makes me happy? Like you said, like the things that you want will gravitate towards you. So these women who are out here, like I need a man to make this amount of money. I need him to, you know, meet all of these qualities. You will get that. You will get that when you stop looking for that and just start looking like within, like, how can I be that person? And I don't want to get on here sounding like Kevin Samuels, but I'm just saying that little piece about you have to want, you have to be what you want to attract. You can't be out here not knowing how to handle conflict, not knowing how to pay bills, not knowing how to save money and expecting that Prince Charming is just going to sweep you up off your feet and handle all of that for you while you just get to sit up and scroll on Instagram all goddamn day. Right. A hundred percent. I... You're yes, not to sound like Kevin Samuels. I don't think you do, but I completely get you. You know, you do it. You're doing it. If you do all this for the sake of finding a high value man, he could sweep that shit from right under your feet. If you do it for yourself to become the woman you truly desire to be, without holds judgment limitations, the man will come. The man that is absolutely for you will show up. I think that um. Mm-hmm. We have rejected femininity in the past as like weakness, right? And I'm saying like my mom's generation. I think that it was a rebellion almost from like my grandmother's generation. Specifically, my mom has told me a story that she perceived my grandmother to be sometimes weak. Like uh, she never stood up for herself against my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, my mom loves my grandmother to death but I think that that is a a running story in that age group of like seeing a woman be submissive to a man so like my mom's age group is like fuck that I'm not gonna be oppressed by a man and then we dealt with like really hyper independent women my mom was so hyper independent and here I am kind of rebelling against that hyper independency by being like actually I don't want to do everything I want to do what I want to do. It's going to be back and forth. It's going to keep going. (laughs) Yeah. Because you know what? You know what that is? I think the people, the generation before us, and then their generation didn't have talks about it. 
Like they didn't have the right guidance because maybe they weren't given the right guidance because I could say the same thing for me. Growing up and seeing the things that my mom endured and then endured and then also knowing the things that my grandmother also had to go through. Mm. It's kind of like I was rebelling against that. I was like, I will never want that to be me. I never want a man to feel like I need them. I never want to need a man. I want to do everything on my own because I don't want to be mistreated like the way that they were. And as I was searching for that independence and just freedom from men, I it was more so like I resented them. Mm. Like, yeah, I might... I. I, I might feel like I have feelings for you, but I wouldn't allow myself to get too wrapped up in you. Like, of course, like, you know, I would tell my friends how I felt about certain people, but I would never like fully just be vulnerable with them because to me, that was a sign of weakness that they could use against you, you know? And then seeing other women who were just like sexually liberated and was like, this is who I am. I'm unapologetically me. I gravitated to those people. Like mm. I love someone that can just be free, but I guess I never saw different types of freedom within women. It was all just like sexual independence, but there wasn't anything else outside of that. So, and to say that using that right there as, you know, a gateway into liberated in general, Right. Like maybe we start off with women who express liberated sexuality and then we learn women who express liberated, you know, ideas of art forms and, you know, how they dress and how they show up and present themselves. Or we see liberated women who are just free from the male gaze, period, like not interested in it at all do not you know play the role of falling for the male gaze it's like if you like me you like me I really feel like there's so many versions of liberated women um and yeah I think the most common one in our group is going to be sexually liberated because that's kind of how the misogynistic patriarchal system set it up a little bit Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. kind of like a way of rebelling the system but we're also still in the system when we take that route solely if that's the only liberation you're seeking is sexual liberation we're still kind of playing into the roles right yeah and i will ask the question for this for those who are like absolutely not no way have you ever talked to a boy crazy woman have you ever talked to a boy crazy woman who's like i'm 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 sexually liberated i like having sex and that's it really talk to them people sometimes all you can sometimes talk about is men for me, I have no time to be hanging out with nobody for eight hours at a day. And I'm still talking about penis. Like, what else is up? Okay, like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like these people kind of hijacked what sexual liberation was. Mm. Because I feel like the conversation doesn't always have to be around men and in, in who they're having sex with. I feel like sexual liberation was more so like, if I connect with someone, I'm not going and I want to sleep with them, I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm not going to allow other people's opinions about that make me feel bad. I don't think it was ever, I'm going to, I want to see like how many people I can sleep with and you know, who's the next person I'm about to sleep with. I don't feel like it was that. When you I think feel that like it was just, or like, I think you think it's changed. I hate to, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, 
but I think it's changed more so with Nicki Minaj and like the rise of like, you know, women. Okay. Let me not, let me not just say Nikki because that's not fair. We can say Lil' Kim. We, we can say back Lil to, Kim. Yes. I was about to say, we could go back to Lil' Kim because I feel like, I'm sure there were other women that were rapping Foxy like that, Brown. but I feel like Fox, yeah, but I feel like Kim was, you know, again, around all of these men and also looking for the approval of Biggie. And I know Biggie wrote some of her lyrics and other men had a chance to write some of her lyrics as well. But I also felt, I also feel like during that time, women were getting like a different, taste of music it wasn't all about the u-n-i-t-y it was like you know what if these niggas want to buy sex i'm selling you know like that's like it just switched <laughs> and i don't feel like that's a i don't i don't feel like it's necessarily like i want to say that's when it like changed i felt like that's when it started to like be in women's minds that like hey i'm i'm really the prize like these men are gonna trick off and i felt like once Nicki Minaj came in and there was like so many other women. And then now within the last four years, like the music that a lot of these women rappers are putting out have all been centered around like, like city girl music. Like, let me, I'm, I'm trying to get this money. Like, this is how you play a trick. I'm not a job or, you know, I don't work at a job. I am a job, like stuff like that. I feel like that's when women were like, our generation is like, well, fuck these women are my age or they're younger and these men will spend money. So I need to be like that. Mm. Like, mm. And this is no shade because I dabble in that music. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I feel like being an outsider, an outsider that doesn't make that type of music. I feel like I can see it, but I will say there was one time I, I wrote this rap because I was a part of that little clique. Like if y'all have been listening to the show, told you I was a part of this little clip and I was trying to be a rapper and I, I wrote a little rhyme and I was like, okay, this is cute, but it wasn't me. And it mm. was all very raunchy and it was like, yeah, da, 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 da. I never put it out there officially, but you heard my it was like ass, a- ratchet ass. Hello. That was yes, right. Perpetuating the same <laughs> shit we talking about. Okay. Yes, for sure. Oh, <laughs> it was fun, you know, and I feel like, you know, this, yes, there is a lot of sexual liberation, but there's also fun music. And it's like, why can't women talk about the fun that they're having? Because just like men who be talking about, you know, all that bullshit, a lot of that is fun for them because it's real experiences that they had. And this is fun for us because these are real experiences that these women had. Like, so why are why is it that it's okay for, and not that, not that it's okay, it's more socially acceptable Ooh. for men to do it. But then when women do it, it's like, mm, ho, oh, she passed around. No, nigga, you're passed around with your eight fucking baby mamas. Okay. You know what's crazy about this? Like, because when we get into music, when we get into music, when we get into music, I think we get to really see like the underbelly of like, the patriarchy through the women's music that we listen to because yes i've dabbled in some ratchet ass tunes at one point that's all i wanted to listen to if it wasn't ratchet get out of here i need the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst okay um mm-hmm. but when we think about like city girls Nicki minaj ruby rose like all the the ladies even doja a lot of doja's music pertains to men and sex most of her music right if you ever listen to like a decentered, free of men as woman. I think of like Cleo Soul. When I think of Cleo Soul, ah, 
That girl could have me in tears. She could have me meditating. She could have me praising my mom. She could have me missing my father. She could have me mm-hmm. wanting to have children and mother them better. She'd be having me going places. Like, with her music, you know, and I'm not saying, like, it's elite compared to, like, you know, hip-hop tunes that go out in the club. I'm not trying to make the comparison. But when you really listen to like a liberated woman who is not sexually liberated, I'm just saying liberated, removed from the male gaze, there is so much magic that can take place. Even like Solange's album, uh, When I Get Home, there's some songs on there that are just pure fucking vibes. Yeah. Right? Or I think about Green Tea Pink. She's like my favorite. She be talking about the most spiritually ratchet shit but it'd be so subtle. She'll hit you with some Kendrick verses. Then we got uh, Baby Mother. Baby Mother will talk about dick and vagina all day long. But in a way that's like, fuck these niggas. And not like, I don't know. Like She just has an energy about her that is like, you just don't care. You know, I just yeah. feel like, listen to women who don't center men. And I guarantee you, you'll be like, oh shit, I'm motivated. I'm fucking inspired. Like, I'm not wrapped up in, is this nigga text me back? Or when's the next time I'm going to see him? Or going on a date? Or getting it back? Like, that's still playing into the patriarchy to me. When all, maybe maybe it's just me. Maybe I sound crazy. But I just feel like there's this battle that we think is happening between, like, conservative women and sexually liberated women and feminists. When sometimes they're all the same person. If you think about a woman who's like, a man ain't nothing but a dick in a bank account. And a conservative woman is like, a man's job is to take care of the household and nurture the wife. Y'all are saying the same shit. Yeah. Just different ways. Just a different way. Period. You're still embodying the patriarchy. So the only way to remove yourself is to remove the man. And I'm not saying remove the relationship with the man, but remove the mental shackles that men be having on us. Because y'all are dupes. (laughs) Y'all are dupes conservative women and liberated women have the same have so much in common it's kind of disturbing that they don't even see it like what are y'all are fighting the same fight y'all are fighting the same fight she want a nigga to trick off on her and you don't ever want to go to work because a man is a provider what it's the same you thing you just don't like the way it looks i mean y'all don't like the way it looks on either side but baby like, how many routes can you take to get home it's uh, taking you to the same place yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you y'all conservative and liberative would be to shake hands and hug because mm-hmm. y'all are fighting the same. It's not one versus the other. And can we just say back in the day when they had them uh, two second, third families, it was that's exactly what they was doing. They was driving. The men was driving the same road and he was going to the sexually liberated woman's house and then coming back home. And guess what? He was tricking off of both of them. Both of them. We all both got the same dick. Same shit. Same. She got the bank account information, but you still getting the money. What? He paying for the apartment and also paying for the mortgage. Hello? Be fucking for real. This happens, Mm -hmm. y'all. So all that to say, I hope I made a great point for y'all looking at each other like that Spider-Man meme. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you you are the same <laughs> you are the same <laughs> period you are the same so that's yeah. funny that's it that's how i'm in this um episode on my end do you have any other questions um no no other questions for me we can end here 
Okay, well, you know what we got to do before we get up out of here. The hot jam of the week. Shay, what's your hot jam, girl? My hot jam is um, from Coco Jones. Okay, never heard of her. And in the deets. I'm sorry. What do you mean you never heard of I've never heard of Coco Jones. This is new. You haven't heard that damn song that's been playing out? I see you. I okay Say no. I see you. Oh, I breathe you. Okay. I, I think I'm butchering the words, but it's something along that. No. Anyways, well, that's not the song I want to listen to. I want to hear "Put You On" by Coco Jones. Okay. And I feel like this kind of fits with today's topic. We didn't really touch on it, but. Just listen to the song and then you know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it a bit. Okay, let me go ahead and play Put You On by Coco Jones. Don't forget for a second, you got this shit because of me. I made you. Right. Okay. What are your I thoughts? gave you the juice. What's your thoughts? I gave you the juice. First off. <sighs> okay. So when we're talking about like these men who like have this level of status, I just feel like you're there because a collective of women mm-hmm. put you there. Mm-hmm. Because if it was a bunch of niggas at your damn studio and none of the girls wanted to be around you, you're automatically uncool. But anyways, I feel like this definitely can be another topic because outside of like, I don't know when I was saying that I was thinking about future, but like outside of like musical artists outside of like the quote unquote cool dude, I feel like as a woman, we have all been in situations where we've had to basically level up the man that we were with right. and get no credit, no credit. And it's like, bro, bro, bro. Hey, 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 come back, come back. Who told you to do that? Pause. Do you remember um, Tuka played that game? And yes, I do. she gave that nigga who was a mechanic a whole makeover and uh, hello. <laughs> hello. He fix fix his smile and everything. And he was ungrateful. He got fined and started cheating. Bro. No, that, that scene where he was walking by, he saw his reflection. He was like, damn. And kissed and yes. kiss, hit the damn mirror like, oh, look at me. Yeah, look at you. She did that. She did that for you. And you fucking you, played You played around. She took your greasy, sweaty, ball-having ass up out the mud for real. See, and this is the problem. <laughs> When you take that greasy ass nigga <laughs> about the mud <laughs> and you give him a little bit of cool, you give, you, you sprinkle a little bit of whatever it is, your sauce on this man, he start acting like he taught you. Oh, he he okay. start acting like, like, 
He gave you the seasoning. Right. I'm not new to this. Oh. I'm sure to this. I feel I feel this on a whole other level. Because hell to the fucking yeah. I've you ever dated a man and you start noticing like this nigga really not equipped for what I'm offering. Like I'm blowing your mind with the most basic ass shit. The the most basic, smallest little thing. You're not ready for me. Are you crazy? Chipotle mm-hmm. has you shocked and appalled? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What are you going to say when we go? Nobody ever took me to Chipotle. What? What? You've never seen the beach? You've never... <laughs> I don't have time for that because for real, I have dated, I used to date hood rats. Okay. Hood rats live in housing projects most of the time. For real, for real. They enjoy not trying to be rude, but they're hood rats. They love the hood. Dude, I have taken some men to some places that I considered absolutely average everyday American stuff and they be blown. They be like, oh shit. This exists. It's two miles mm-hmm. away from your home. Yes. How have you not traveled the road to? <laughs> they don't get out the house. <laughs> they circle the block. Like they don't. Especially if you on foot and you don't have. At least baby boy had a bicycle. They ain't got Ooh. that. You'll never see. You'll never see the world. You got. You cannot be with people who have. Who have no intentions of ever seeing the world. Because then you'll never see the world. Right. So, and, and if me going to Chipotle is showing you the world, baby, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't mm-hmm. want it. Because what are we gonna what are we gonna do when we fly in to another country? How are you gonna act over there? Because mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. know. No, Chipotle is Americanized. But like, for don't real. let me take you to the to the hole in the wall spots that will really blow your mind. I took when we went to uh, Cabo a couple years ago. I was like, I want to book a really fucking nice dinner. Like, I want I want a really bomb ass dinner me and my man and I was with some friends on this vacation and they were like well we want to have a double date but like we could sit at separate tables but can we go with you guys to this location and I was kind of like oh yeah whatever no big deal and and think about it we show up bitch I didn't think about it I had booked a fucking restaurant off a cliff it was a four course meal okay four course maybe even six I can't remember Everything is included. If you're paying $250, $300, easy, easy, easy. So when we show up, they're like, damn, Brie, like, hold up. This is nice. They're like, you putting Mm -hmm. this on a whole other world. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck? I didn't even know this existed. Yes, and we're eating our little four-course meal while the waves crash in over candlelight dinner and my little cute dress in fucking Mexico absolutely we are and i I was mind blown because i was like oh shit this will really fuck somebody's mind up mm-hmm. it did i witnessed it it did, <laughs> <laughs> it did. you were right there <laughs> they couldn't play that off if they wanted to like, uh, like yeah yes so mm. it happens ladies you can really take a man anywhere and have his mind blown you don't want that leave him where he at you got to get let him have a woman who's more on his level because you're gonna keep blowing his mind to the point where he's thinking he better than you get on this is a great example and then they start taking people to your spot but the spot that i put you on the spot that i put you on don't ever go there again that is my size with this place is done when i'm done leave my restaurants alone 
Don't ever go there. If I walk in there and I see you and I know I'm the one that brought you there first, immediately get this man out of here. Security, get guards, here. get him. <laughs> get him out of here. When I was in my hoe phases um, dating men, I took, the, I took men to the same fucking spot. Every time. Hood niggas too. Hood niggas too. Because I knew I was like, yeah, I'm about to fuck him up with this one. You know where I took these motherfuckers? Where? I took them to the fucking Griffith Observatory to watch the Stardome show. And they <laughs> they thought that that shit was so high end, so top of the line. But yes. Have you ever been? I have. I love the Stardome show. But that right there will fuck a hood nigga up if you want to impress a hood nigga and really be like i'm a high value woman i'm talking about like you're in the trap corner kind of nigga like ain't really seen nothing but white tees and pro clubs kind of nigga backwards you know uh, uh, k-swiss yeah. air forces cortezes kind of nigga airbrush starch. airbrush on the on the shirt yeah mm-hmm. starch pants mm-hmm. take them to the observatory um this is for my hood ladies the hood ladies out there i'm telling you i'm putting you on game you want the best dick of your life? Take these niggas to the damn observatory in Los Angeles. And then after that, go for a, a, a mid-ass meal somewhere. It don't even got to be good. Just in the local area. They, gonna, they still going to be blown by the damn show. So they oh. don't. <laughs> what? Girl. Easy. Easy. This is Breeze Hotel. This hurts my heart. This, is, this hurts my heart because people don't know about the observatory they really don't Griffith observatory and that is so sad you know what and just because i'm rewatching insecure we got y'all the community needs more of those okay expose yes. these people them kids expose have never gone to the beach never girl that's real people grow up like that like you 25 and you ain't never been to the beach but you live 25 minutes away doesn't make any sense I'm telling you. So look, ladies, if hood niggas are your type, I'm giving you free game. Take notes. I'm putting it out. I'm. It's free game. Write it down. Yeah. But <laughs> my song of the week. Has <laughs> You're <nothing>. welcome. <laughs> my song of the week has nothing to do with this topic at all. It's a motherfucking groove because that's the name of the song. It is. It is a groove. Um, I'm really vibing with uh, Smino lately. I've always liked Smino, but his music is just speaking to you on a different frequency. He don't even be talking about shit. I'm not going to lie to you. Someone said that he raps in cursive and he absolutely does. Cause yeah. I don't be understanding what the hell Shmino be saying. I'd be like, let me look at the lyrics. What is that? And yeah. when you read them, you're like, what is this nigga talking about? Don't understand. He's, don't he understand. is just, he's the instrument. I've come yeah. to understand that he don't have to talk about nothing because he is channeling another frequency where he's the music. Okay. <laughs> and the lyrics are just like writing that, that beat. That's it. They don't have to make sense. Nope. It's just here. This song makes no sense. It's just a motherfucking groove. So let's go ahead and play Motherfucking Ooh. Groove by Sumino. They got it my groove. It's a leak in the room, oh damn Rain on my foot, foot Dripping out to my shoes, I slip The puddles run, my mama said If I use my kid, then I'll be fine If not, it's gone, and once it's gone Here we are, I wanna go I'm in the phone, under a car Elon Tay 
about? We don't know what that man's talking about. This man is literally just grooving. He said, Elotes, these niggas corn. I don't like corn. <laughs> what? <laughs> he said, wait, what did he say? <laughs> Libra Moon, Leo Sun, I need a sign. Like, what? <laughs> I have a feeling. I really have. I'm. A, I hope it comes out. I have a feeling he just does psychedelics and makes music, because what the fuck are you talking about? He there's a leak in the roof. All damn rain on my fun. What? What? I'm downloading this song because I was feeling it. I, it was. It's very groovy. It's a very groovy song. I'm drinking the days. <laughs> I'm feeling the way. MF Doom can't feel my face. Like he, he said. He said. I'm in the foreign Honda Accord. Bye. Bye. Okay, wait, wait. It is important. It is important, though. It is important, though. It is important. Okay. Okay. So the lower end of the imports, but okay. We'll we'll just Honda Accord. Got you. (laughs) It is important. It is important. Oh and my yes, god! I love his music because it's so ridiculous, but it's so artistic. He gives me polarity. It's like I'm gonna give you elevated alternative sounds that are funky and soulful, but I am not gonna talk about nothing. You know, nothing. I this seems to be what I'm interested in. Karungbin is my favorite band. They don't talk. They usually just jam. But when they do talk, they say the stupidest shit. They have a song called White Cat, and it's just about. A white cat. You would hear that and think that these niggas were coming up with the soulfulest, barefoot jam session, channeling energy. They're just talking about a white cat. (laughs) I'm so serious. These people make phenomenal music about nothing. And I aspire. I aspire to um, conjure up creativity out of fucking thin air. Like, how? If someone said, I need you to write a song about signs corn man honda cords as foreigns i would say what the fuck am i working with i don't know <laughs> i wouldn't come up with that would you no you know what it reminds me of i i feel like it used to be like um the neighborhood big boys talk show he would have like there was this one rapper there who would just be like oh throw out topics and then they're like just randomly throwing out topics and he would seriously freestyle and just incorporate every single like topic that they threw in this is what this reminds me of I, literally i feel like they were like well let's just let's just rhyme and let's just see where it goes record record what comes out and like this is insane it's insane it's insane but check out that check out that album that album is so goddamn just like groovy but yeah motherfucking groove is where i'm at how i'm feeling in my life that was our hot gems of the week that was our episode wow yeah it was an episode yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> yes it was <laughs> okay my, my my lovers we will see you guys next wednesday if all things go well because you know me and shay's schedule will be crazy but either way we will we're be doing here. our best we'll be here <laughs> we'll be here we're not we are not going anywhere unless you see us say hey this just this ain't happening anymore which is not going to happen then don't worry we will be here it may not be next wednesday or the wednesday after but i promise you one of them wednesdays we will be back we will be back and we expect you to be back too so get exactly. on your zone i need you to get on your hello zone. <laughs> hello <laughs> all right bye-bye bye